Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, uh, we regularly talk about things like supply shortages. Yes. Um, stock shortages. Yes. Chip shortages. It seems to be quite the discussion these yeah, days. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Everybody's dealing with it, unfortunately. And, yes. But I also know everyone's frustrated with it. Oh, yeah. But you know what doesn't have to worry about supply, boats stuck oh, at sea? Oh, pray tell, please. Labor shortages. What, Services. Sir? Services, that's right. You can yes. typically offer services without having to be concerned. About, you don't have yes. to stock a service. It's that's not right. a that's stockable right. commodity. Well, if you can get the people to work. Well, that's okay. <laughs> okay, we don't talk about that. Right. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying that services <laughs> can potentially be sold at any yes, time. Yes, that's a really good assuming point. Assuming you have the people to actually yeah. do them for there you. There you go. All so right. that's kind of our topic today. We're going to talk about upselling services. Good. And how you know good services can be used to... You know, to get out there and, and do something. Maybe if you mm-hmm. can't supply your folks with what they really want and need mm-hmm. right now, maybe you can offer some services to them instead. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Andy Shirts from Epson coming back. He's joining yes. us again on the podcast. We had Part him on last year. Two. Yeah. Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about what services mean to him and to Epson. We're going to get into how services fit into this whole idea of being a full service solution provider. Right. What's the benefit to to them and yep. to their customers? Yep. Uh, we'll walk through what it's like, you know, what the process might be like to upsell a service. Like, what should you? be talking about what should you be asking what should you be saying and we'll talk a little bit about how epson helps out can i make a bold statement too. sure you if you're not getting into services and things of that nature you're gonna die yeah no. yeah okay well that was, that's, that's I, I don't know if that was really was, bold or you I know mean, in order to maintain it's your a little business, morbid you know <laughs> <laughs> in order to maintain your business you got to start doing some of these kinds of things there you go there all you right go. So you better listen up or apparently you die at the end of this podcast. Uh, it's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, as I mentioned, our guest today, returning guest, Andy Schertz from Epson. He is a senior product manager. Andy, welcome back to the show. You were last on last year talking to us about color labeling. Yep. Uh, what have you been up to since, and uh, how's, how's life treating you right now? Life's going good. We're still busy driving the color labeling business, which is still growing year after year after year. And, uh, you know, uh, and as we place a bigger and bigger install base of consumable uh, printers out there, the consumable sales is just skyrocketing. And I think that ties in with uh, what we're talking about here today, which is install bases are often bigger than whatever you sell new. And that's where you can sell services, right? You get to sell, the new printer is the new printer, but services can be sold to the entire install base. And as that grows, that just means that opportunity keeps getting bigger. I like it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, don't forget about the people that you sold to two, three years ago. They're exactly. still prime for some of these types well, of know, things. Well, you know, let's be honest. We're in this in this industry where, especially with technology, you know, technology is made to be longer lasting than ever, more rugged than ever, more, you know, durable than ever. Yep. So you might be thinking to yourself, all right, I sold somebody a printer. Yep. I'm done. Yep. No. I, I can't do anything with them for like another <laughs> six years when that printer is expected to finally start burning out or something new comes no, out. No, 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 no. Don't, set, don't rest on your laurels there. You That's can right. still drive some business with your customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so let's get into that, Andy. So what, is, what does services mean to you and to Epson? So, okay, so services, one of the first areas, and it's probably one of the most common areas, is services means basically 
some sort of extended warranty, on-site service plan, some sort of repair plan, okay? And this is where uh, probably the lowest hanging fruit, okay? And uh, it's something that I think really should always be considered as part of the sale because, you know, like you say, if you just sell a printer and then you just walk away, well, even if it's a great quality printer, there's a chance it's going to break at some point. And uh, businesses don't like uncertainty, okay? There's some sort of production manager. He's trying to do something. The printer breaks. Who does he call? What does he do? Where's he going to get it fixed? Does he have a budget to get it repaired, right? So suddenly he's in a scramble because usually these type of assets uh, are mission critical. So it's not like, well, I'll get to it someday. It suddenly becomes the top of his heat, right? And uh, so a way that that can be already handled in advance, sell a service plan that basically just all he has is a phone number. It's already been bought. It's already paid for. There's no sort of such thing as getting a PO approved, anything like this. He just calls up a number and magically his problem goes away. They love this, right? And so I think this is one of the first things that should always be sold with these kind of printers, you know, any kind of products really, you know. Agreed uh, yeah. wholeheartedly. You know, we talk a lot about it, customer experience, right? So gone are the days. If you're a value-added reseller that's, you know, just walking in and you get the specs of a job and then you come up with the solution, install it, and then, hey, okay, bye, right, thanks, you right. know, see you, whatever, in right. five years if you need to do it. Those people are going away. You yep. need to you need to understand that all of your customers, customer experience is important, and that lives on beyond day one. Yeah, uh, it really does. In in services are is absolutely one of those areas that you can get into if you're not getting into it uh, already today, where you can find some gold nuggets of profitability. There's a nice big word here because you can do profitable services around that. And I like where you're going already, Andy, in the sense of, you know, kind of making it easy for for these end users and customers because they don't want to worry about some of these things. Once you install the solution, you know, there's an opportunity here to upsell the services as long as you do it in a correct manner and you don't, you're not a sleazy salesperson and all all that kind of good stuff. There's a meaningful way to do it. I can remember back in the day, you know, we would devise plans around it, right? You know, people like to, they can buy pl- into plans. They understand this, you know, uh, this amount of service that comes with this right. or these kinds of, uh, you know, what what goes into the plan and things of that nature. Uh, it's 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 a conversation you need to have. It's, it's a part of your business you should build out if you don't have it. But it's an easy conversation to have uh, after the sale uh, or even during the sale, if you want to, to really kind of add to the overall customer experience. Because at the end of the road, yes, you want to install the solution, but you want it to be a viable solution, at least for the length of the the viability of the equipment, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, let's be honest, this kind of hardware that we're talking about, printers, mobile computers, scanners, whatever it is that you're selling... It's it's critical function type hardware. Yep. This isn't the kind of thing where, like, you know, us at home, if, you know, I don't even have any printer, but if I had a printer and it broke, whatever, I'm probably not out of anything important. Like, mm-hmm. I, may, I may not be even using it enough. Mm-hmm. But for a for a business, for an enterprise that needs to print, I don't know, let's say 2,000 labels a day, mm-hmm. that printer suddenly breaks and maybe they only have one extra one and now they can only do half the volume in a day, that's huge for their business. That's that's, right. that's not just about an inconvenience that day and mm-hmm. to figure it out and get it fixed or whatever. That's an inconvenience that can lead to money loss, that can lead to profit loss. 
that's you know it's, that's that's the kind of thing they don't want to you don't want to think about that you don't have to deal with that aspect of well I'll just sort of figure it out if you, it's great if you know oh I know what I can do right now to get this fixed yeah 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 more you add there no no uh, that's exactly right because you know it, I guess I was thinking about how to sell those things right you need right. to be able to have that kind of a conversation have some of the data to back behind it because right. when you get in the ROI right well how, what would it mean to you to have your printer down for X amount of time and and these are the types of things that really kind of sell themselves. You know, right, the best right. plans out there are easy to sell because, you know, the, 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 the other party, the end user in this case, understands the value behind them yep. and, and can attach to that. Do you find that to be the, true, Andy, when it gets into yeah. warranty and services and things like that? So one thing to think about is, you know, even if I have, you know, I'm a senior guy and I have a great idea, blah, blah, blah. Let's say everybody agreed my idea is great. How long before I can actually get a check cut to actually, or an actual peel, right? I'm not going to just get to buy it right day. I don't have my credit card. I can just start hurling around here. So the minute something breaks, it becomes this whole big thing. And maybe let's say, let's say something really bad happens. Oh, you know, it's a, it's a big expensive repair. Okay. Well, now you're sitting in this weird situation where, oh, we didn't have it covered. It's a big repair. I got to get the money. I got to get authorization. Oh, the so-and-so's on a trip this week. So who's going to approve it? And it becomes this big crisis because they don't have the option of saying, oh, you know what? The printer's down. Let's, uh, Let's do plan B. They don't because if the printer's down, they cannot ship the their food without a label on it. They can't ship the boxes. They're not just going to put a bunch of boxes onto the FedEx truck with no labels on them. I mean, basically, you're, everything's stopped. It's not like just the label. That business stopped, right? So it becomes a, a big scramble. And what we find is uh, we'll sometimes get a desperate call from a customer. And they're like, well, what do we do? You know, And I say, well, do you have a service uh, contract? They say, no. And they say, uh we didn't even know about such a thing, you know, and they go, if the VAR would have told us about it, we would have bought it for sure. Right. So uh, I think the business market with mission critical assets, they're more than amenable, perhaps as a home consumer, you know, like he says, maybe I don't even have a printer home or I have a printer at home. They offer to sell me a service contract. I'm like, nah, I'll figure it out when it breaks. If it breaks, maybe I buy a new one or maybe I didn't need one anyways or something like that, but that's not this market, this market, this is, all mission critical assets and uh they don't want to have a sudden scramble trying to get themselves back up and running that's exactly right yep. and what we're finding actually if i could drill into like extended warranties you know again we we, we talked uh, at the very top here about supply chain issues and and it, it's it's serious across the board it doesn't matter what manufacturer you're talking about there are supply chain challenges so as a value-added reseller one of the ways that you can help to mitigate that is through service plans and or extended warranties right, right. because right. if you have the product and let's say they were going to do a refresh but the, the product's not available. Well, okay, then segue into a conversation around extending the warranty so that if something does go bad, uh, you know, you have a mechanism in place that can help facilitate that. Like I, I think, Epson, you guys have like spare in the air and, and these types of things that are tied to it that, that are really designed to help people stay up as much as they can, right, even when right. bad things like that happen. So we are seeing a dramatic increase in, in extended warranty sales, those types of things to keep those the, the assets that are available today running for a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, Andy? Yeah, well, it becomes, right, in a supply chain crunch, it even becomes more critical. So like the little story of my own personal thing, maybe I have a printer at home, it breaks, maybe I can live without it for a while or something like that, buy new. If this is a business critical asset and there's supply shortages, you've got to keep what you have in hand running for sure, right? You need to be able to have 
somebody that's going to come out there and fix that right away or spare near. But basically, you're going to have to keep what's running running because you may not have the option just to go out and buy new. Right. So it becomes in the supply chain crunch we're in right now, service plans probably becomes more important than ever, actually. And here's the even better news from a reseller standpoint, the profitability on these plans is is there. It's, right, it's right. significant, you know, yep. just because, you know, if they don't use it, which we all hope. Right. But uh, but but seriously, there is a, a significant amount of profitability there. So, you know, when 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 you think about it from a business perspective, we, we have a lot of resellers now that even though this current environment of supply chain crunch is kind of amplifying it. Uh, a lot of those that are now getting it into their talk track right. about service plans and about warranty plans, I guarantee you it's not going away because people see the value in it, number one. Number two, it's highly profitable. It's, it right. is a great right. way to drop margin to your business. Yeah. Right, Andy? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'm going to even, uh, when we talk about profitability, let's go back to the uh, old thing in business school, which is uh, the cost to acquire a new customer is so much higher than it is to acquire an existing customer. So understand if you're a VAR and you just sold somebody a suite of uh, equipment, right? This is your customer. They like you. They bought, they bought from you. They are your customer, okay? You should continue to keep that relationship alive with that customer. Now, maybe you can't sell them new uh, printers or whatever tomorrow because guess what? They just bought printers. But that doesn't mean you just let them go off into the wild and pray that they're going to come back to you in five years when that equipment needs to be refreshed. And the maintenance contract, service contracts, gives you a way to keep that customer relationship alive, right? So you can, you are, they are always seeing you, they're talking with you, and you basically can have an idea of how old the equipment is, you know, and what kind of trouble they're having with it. And then ultimately use that as a lever in to say, you know what, I think now it's time we refresh that equipment. And you've had kept that relationship alive that whole time with the service contract. That's it. Bingo. Well, and Andy, to your point there also, like imagine you're in that scenario where you've just said, oh, uh, we don't care. You know, we sold you your stuff. We'll come back whenever you might actually need something from us again. And let's say in the meantime, you didn't sell them that service contract. You didn't, you know, get them any kind of warranty. They have some kind of issue. Maybe they try to reach out to you. Maybe they don't. Maybe there's someone new who's coming in who doesn't even have that relationship with you. So they go off and find some other third party to come in and help them out and do some service. Maybe that third party sells hardware also. Mm -hmm. And now suddenly you've lost business, not just because you weren't there, mm -hmm. but also because you didn't sell them services. You didn't talk to them about that. You weren't checking in with them regularly in any way. And when it came time that they needed something that wasn't just the actual hardware purchase, they went somewhere else and found somewhere else who who now has become their provider for that hardware as well. That's it. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's it, again, we talk about this. This we're basically answering our next question, which is this idea of you know, the full solution provider. Mm -hmm. Is that you can't just be. We, I, I don't know how many times we're going to talk about this in the show, and maybe until we assume that no one else is doing it anymore. <laughs> you can't just be the hardware provider. You can't right. just be the software provider. If you're not existing in this ecosystem that we've built in this channel, where even if you're not doing it all. You at least are connected to the people that can help you out, and you get to be the face of the full solution where someone feels confident thinking, you are the guy, you are the gal, you are the people that I want to get back to on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Whenever I've got any kind of issue, whatever it is, whether it's a service problem, whether I need new software, whether I'm just spitballing ideas, 
you want to be the first person that they want to call. That's it. And if and that's happening, then ideally all this other stuff should be even that much easier to, to do. Yeah. I like how Andy kind of started off here in the sense that, you know, it's your existing customers that are sometimes the easiest yeah. to sell to. So when you go in there as a solution provider, you're eliminating risk by uh, by offering these types of things, you know, service plans and warranty plans. Uh, it's, it's, it's easier to talk about it then when there isn't an alarm, but it's also a good idea to kind of paint these scenarios, right? right. Like, hey, right. Let, all right, now that we're installed here, let's talk about, you know, how do we keep you up? How do how do we improve that? How do we eliminate some of the business risks that you might have? You know, what would it cost you? What would it look like if there was a system failure or something like that? I can help mitigate that. I can you can start working out like guarantees. I can I can work with you that you're gonna we can guarantee your yep. uptime yep. through these programs and stuff like that. That's you know, that's a natural conversation, yep. right? And it, it feels less salesy. Yeah, you know, exactly. let, let's talk let's have a conversation now about how we keep this. Well then going. let's let's keep moving down this track yeah. because that gets yeah. us into our next question here, which is this idea of, you know, and, and Andy, I think you kinda of hit on it earlier. We're all we as consumers, as personal consumers, are very immune to the idea of contracts and extended mm -hmm. warranties because mm -hmm. it gets offered you everything. I mean, that's right. you buy anything on Amazon that's like, you know, relatively <laughs> technological or expensive. You're like, would you like to sign up for the $50 production A power plan? adapter. And what? No, I don't yeah, need exactly. And you're plan. immediately yeah. going, nope, I don't want that moving on. Uh, you know, car warranties. We're all used to being, I mean, you know, right. we, we joke about it all the time. We, Marco just had a call earlier, you know, we're like, oh, it's somebody trying to sell you an extended car warranty. <laughs> like, as per in our personal lives, we're used to going, no, this, like, we ignore a lot of this stuff right. because we just don't see the value in it necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I, we've already talked about the value for, you know, our, our customers and what they obviously are going to need these these for. And we've kind of started going down this path of how you have that conversation. So Andy, mm -hmm. I want you to keep elaborating on that. Like, what is it, what does it look like to go into somebody and, and try to upsell these services and talk to them about extended warranties, repair service, protection plans? What does that conversation look like? Well, so let's let's just talk about, you know, we have like, our, our, again, like we talk about personalized, right? We say, no, I don't need a, a extended warranty on my uh, iPhone charger. Yeah, I, I got that, you know, or even a printer. You know, I have a, in, in my particular household, I have, uh, you know, four people that are always having to print things for school or work or stuff like this. And, you know, we think that's quite a bit. The printer has a page counter. I think we've done 6,000 pages or 7,000 pages over the last uh, three years. Okay, so that's that's a lot for my home. But we will have typically in an industrial environment, you know, two to six thousand labels a day on a piece of equipment. So so we have to understand that that this stuff is is being used at a level that is so much different than what a consumer level is. Right. Uh, and so, you know, even the best equipment is going to get a little its knees a little bit wobbly when it's put under those kind of workloads. Right. So uh, it's still going to need attention from time to time like that. So. Uh, I think a lot of the business customers are actually attuned to that, right? And uh, I think that I think that actually the customer sometimes this is my perception, the customer, the end customer is actually more receptive to it. Uh, and perhaps it's the uh, VAR that's actually thinking, I'm going to try to keep this deal low price so I don't lose the deal, right? And so they're they're actually foregoing talking about the service only in a false belief that they're trying to, you know, keep the out-of-pocket small. Uh, but I think that they're doing themselves a, a harm there because I think the customers are actually more uh, warmed up to it than you think. And I think that more often than not, the customers uh, will uh, actually be very receptive to it. So I think that the VAR has to think that in their mind that just to take into account where the customer's mindset really is at, they know that they need this, I think. 
I agree with that. And when you look at trends of of partnering, right? We talk about that and how do you enable this partnership to occur? You have to have that. You have to present it in these types of manners. That mm-hmm. look, I'm more than just selling you this particular solution and walking away. As a business partner to you, let's have these conversations around services and the and the types of things that we can provide to make sure that your business is operating at least in these elements that we're we're helping you with in the most efficient manner possible, yeah, right? Yeah. And I would I would agree with Andy if you're having a serious professional conversation about it. Uh, they're going to be open to that idea, right? They're not going to be like, oh, well, you know, here we go with the sales guy again. Right, right. You know, trying to, yep. oh, you just tell me the printer now, it's, it's a piece of junk and I need one. <laughs> no, let's talk about, you know, let's have a serious conversation about your business and the fact that, you know, yeah, a couple years down the road or whatever, we might need to call on that warranty, right? right and if we right. keep extending it, we're going to be in a much better situation yep. than yep. we were. Well, you know, it's kind of because I'm glad we're going down this path. Also, this idea of, hey, you know, don't be afraid to offer this. Don't be afraid because this right. is something we talk about in kind of sales one on one sometimes. This yep. idea that sometimes people are afraid of the close or they're afraid of mm-hmm. adding on or they're afraid of asking that additional question or offering the additional thing. Because just to Andy's point, like they're so scared that you're going to reach that point where somebody goes, nope, I'm done. I'm out. You said too many <laughs> things and I'm done. You know, like it's and that's not going to be the case. You know, if 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 they simply can't handle it or can't do it or don't have the budget, they're going to tell you and they're going to stop the conversation there with, you know, at least that part of the conversation. I don't think, I I just can't imagine too many of ours that just go, you know, Oh, you know, or or they say to them, Oh, sorry, we're going to literally just upend all of this conversation, all this time we've spent working together Mm -hmm. and walk out the door because you dare to offer something extra to us. I think it's more a matter of getting out of that mindset of like, again, unlike you in your personal life where you get annoyed when someone's trying to offer you that extra stuff where Mm -hmm. you're like, look, I just wanted to click and buy my thing. And now you're, now I got to click again and say no to this extended warranty. And then I got to click the thing that pops up and says, are you sure? (laughs) And then I can buy my thing. That's not what this situation is. Again, to Andy's point, they get it. They understand what you're trying to offer. They understand what you're trying to say. It's not you saying like, Hey, my products are crap and they're going to fall apart and you need to have protection. It's saying, Hey, even the best products, you know, and, and, you know, the highest volume when you are working so hard with them and working them so hard, something could happen. And I just want to make sure that you're covered there. Mm-hmm. And to your point, which you've been saying a couple of times here is have a conversation. Just even if someone literally calls you up and says, hey, I got a PO. I need to buy five printers. Yep, right. You know, model number XYZ. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Any salesperson is going to go, yay! Yeah. You know, oh, look at that. It just sale. fell out of the sky. Right. Yeah. But in reality, you should be saying, hey, great. Um, while we're talking, though, can you tell me, like, what do you need these for? Right. What's going exactly. on in your business right Always. now? Always. Are these replacements? Are these mm-hmm. new? Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about where you're going to be using them. Right. Uh, really? Okay. How many, you know, how many labels a day do you think you're going to mm-hmm. be printing? Uh, mm-hmm. How many receipts are you, are you spitting out every day? Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about XYZ. And you start going down that path, and not only one, you're telling them, "Hey, I care about you and your business, not just this PO that you're giving me." Mm-hmm. But then, ideally, what you talk about hopefully leads to those conversations to start selling those services. That's exactly right. I mean, so. that that that's the partnership that we're trying to build here, right? Yeah. A- along the way, it's really, really incri- critically important. And back when I sold for a reseller, I mean, I would use that as ammo against somebody who's not doing that. You're right. So if you're setting it up, the you're being the true good partner. Hey, here's the solution, and here's how we're going to maintain it over time. Uh, by the way, do we compare to what your other offers if it was a competitive situation? Right, right. And if not, well, I'd start selling against that. Well, why aren't they? Why right. aren't they talking about the long-term viability of this solution? You know, And start raising those questions because, honestly, this is where you want to be. Are there nickel and dimers out there? 
Absolutely. <laughs> are there customers out there that it, it doesn't matter? You right, know, right. They just want Whoever's to buy the, the best price. price yeah. And and here's a little red flag. Run away from those people. Yeah. You know, at the end of the they road. They aren't the customers you really want. That's right. Because, because they will sell you out in a minute for the lower And they're going to call you like, hey, this thing's not working or whatever. Yeah, right. we talked about that, whatever, right, five right. years later. Remember I told guys? you so. <laughs> Made that note in your CRM, like offered this up, and they said they only cared about the yeah, price. You yeah, know, yeah. So run away from them. those people. You're looking for the people that understand the solution, understand what you're trying to build out. Exactly. Yeah, as a partner. Uh, well, so Andy, you know, how does how does Epson it, it get involved here? What do, what do you guys do to help Vars sell services? What do you have to offer? So, <clears throat> what we are doing is is uh, we still strongly uh, support our Vars, which means that we are not. Uh, you know, going out overtly, you know, trying to sell uh, service contracts direct, somehow going around them, right? So we are trying to make this a VAR offering and entice them to uh, make profit on the deal and to sell these these things along with the whole product, right? So so we're basically trying to make this another source of revenue for the VARs, right? And like I talked with, especially on the Colorworks line of our color inkjet printers, uh, when they sell that printer, they're going to get a revenue stream from the ink. Uh, we can also, we're trying to also really get them to think about that continuing revenue stream from the service, you know, and done well, they can make more money each year on ink and service than they can on the printer. So this is, you know, if every day you have to go out and fight anew to, to feed your family, that's different than you've already got this big residual check, so to speak, coming in from an install base, right? So this is what we're trying to motivate the VARs to focus on, you know, and what we do from our side is to try to produce uh, a the offerings that they like and b uh, quality, right? So obviously, that's at the corner of everything is that you're going to have to have a quality product. So we're trying to make sure that we have a high quality product, and we have the offerings for them. So it's not one size fits all. Some people like the idea of a CETA program, which is our spare in the air kind of an instant overnight exchange. But other people say, no, no, I need somebody to come on site because we have a critical tagged assets. I can't afford to change my IP address. So we just want to make sure we have the diversity of offering uh, for them. But uh, I think that's the, the right thing, right? To make the right offering, quality product, and have the VARs make money off of it. That's it. And don't be afraid of it, right? If you, like, for example, we the industry has been talking about monthly recurring revenue. I'm glad you tapped into that a little bit, Andy, uh, in that sense that, look, that that is a way to grow your business, to increase the the, the viability, if you're ever going to sell your business, by the way, mm-hmm. the best way to do that is to increase the amount of customers that you have that are sending you that monthly check right, for recurring right. revenue. I mean, that, that's kind of where you want to be. This is a great way to have that conversation around that uh, to build out these types of plans that can guarantee uptimes and, and things like that. I think Epson does a great job, you know, n- understanding what their programs are. That's that's key to it as well, right? You have right. to understand, well, how is that spare in the air going to work? Or how would the next day exchange work? work, those types of things. But as, as, as the second you get that acumen down, now you can offer that over to, to your customers yep. and be in a really, really much better spot. The other thing I like about it is that you're now in tune with the customer, right? Because we all know tech, technology is changing. They're looking for additional solutions. We talk all the time mm-hmm. about, hey, got to keep your ear to the ground because maybe they're talking about whatever the next thing is. How are we getting into AI? Or, you know, I hear other people are doing these types of things. There are going to be these ancillary solutions that you could be tapped into. 
but you're never going to know unless you have a line of communication right, with right. your customer. And yeah. this is a perfect way to set it up. If you've got this whole service thing perfect going way. on, whether it's something that they are you know tapping into on a regular basis or not, mm-hmm. ideally there should be some kind of, yeah, this continuous kind of check-in and, and, and conversation going on. Because, yeah, again, you don't want to be in a situation where you've got a customer that you sell something to and you don't, for some reason or other, you just don't even speak to him again for another year. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, a lot can happen in a oh, year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A whole yeah. lot can happen. Absolutely. And the next time you call them up and say, hey, let's talk about what's going on, yep. everybody be like, yeah, we had this whole massive thing that happened. Our entire business has been changed, and we decided to start focusing on a new kind of technology. And this other company was actually over there, you know, waiting for us and talking to us about it. So, yeah, we're kind of there with them at this point. Yeah. Again, the kind of that's that kind of stuff. It can happen regardless. But if you are in regular conversation, if you're regularly reaching out, if you're regularly checking in, like, hey, what's going on right now? Do you need uh, do you need a refresh on media? How are your mm-hmm. supplies looking right now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where do things stand? You know, is there anything that needs repairs? You know, let's check in a little bit. If you're having that regular check in going on. And again, you're on top of those things so that when they start thinking about, hey, you know what? We're actually thinking about changing up a little bit of what we're doing in our business. We want to focus on cloud solutions now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been talking about it for a couple of months. You don't want to be the person finding out about that after the fact. You want to be finding out about it in the moment. It's That's that right. simple. And again, yep. this, to me, this idea of if you're a full solution provider, meaning you're helping out with everything, you should be the person that they're always reaching out to and always looping in on these conversations about what's happening in their IT sphere. That's exactly right. And I would take it another level, you know, you should be able to dive into a little bit of the analytics of your business to figure out who some of the most ripe uh, folks yeah, in definitely. your in your customer base are. Maybe it's not going to be the perfect fit for everybody. Maybe, right, maybe somebody right. bought a printer from you and, and they're like Andy. They, they only use it a couple hundred times, you know, in, in a year right. uh, as opposed to a heavier user. And there, obviously, you're going to want to spend more of your time and resources Sources and energy yep. trying to figure that figure out. out what businesses are growing, which yes. ones are in a particular market that you That's know right. is going to continue growing. Right. So. Yeah. Andy, I will say one last thing here about um, just because it strikes me as entertaining spare in the air. I love this term because mm-hmm. it makes me think of something that you guys got to make sure if this ever comes to a thing that you that you jump on this branding. It may, reminds me of the, remember when Amazon was doing the whole thing about the floating warehouses, yeah, right. mm-hmm. like having a warehouse in the air, yeah. that, you know, that you could just bring, you know, have a drone bring your stuff down. <laughs> That's what I think of when I hear spare in the air. Like you just got this this floating Epson warehouse filled with spares, <laughs> and if somebody yeah. needs it, the drone grabs it and brings it right down yeah. out of the air to you. Just, yeah, you know, just my, there's, there's my branding suggestion for you yeah. guys yeah. if it ever comes to fruition. <laughs> it's nearly it nearly works out that way though, you know, and people love that because they call in. Uh, as long as they get in, you know, before the dispatch time of the day, obviously if they call at seven o'clock at night on, you know, uh, whatever, but, uh, it, next thing you know, there's a new printer there next day. So problem solved, you know, probably almost any business could kind of hold their breath for a day. You know, I mean, okay, we'll, we'll build it up. We'll put it aside. We'll, and then we'll get it done in the morning. You know, you get down two days now, life's starting to become really tough. Right. You know, I, I ran out of space and things like that. So it's really popular offering for us. Yeah. There you yeah. go. That's yeah. that whole on demand next day kind of thing. When right. You, and when you have that, when you, when you have that in your pocket and you can offer that, there's everybody, everybody should be impressed by that. Well, that's exactly right. But, but again, this is the part of the, you're helping the customer navigate, right? right. You right. understand that you're going to live through it a couple of times. You understand the program uh, and how it can work into now your business. Yep. That's exactly the way we used to do it as a reseller. We, we would get comfortable with these warranty programs, uh, apply services right. that we could bundle them up, come up with packages that you could then sell uh, along the way and at a reasonable 
reasonable price that that answers these business needs in a professional manner. Yep. And it really kind of sells itself. But you but go. you have to get into it, right? You have to break the inertia uh, of not wanting to get in. It's, it still surprises us. Yeah, you know, it does. How many people just don't. Or, or the, the amount of money they can make on consumables. They, they're walking away from the consumables. Like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Anyway. You know, it's, I have a funny anecdote, you know, from a, earlier in my career was global uh, uh, manager. And uh, in one market, uh, our products really were not, you know, uh, it was kind of priced higher and it was slower and it was this and that. And, it, and basically it was like, you know, I, I got frustrated a little bit. I said, well, then why does anybody buy uh, our products here? And they go, oh, the service is so awesome. Basically, you know, our service team, the service offering, service, everything was so superior to the competition that even though our product was maybe not, you know, competitive, the fact that we were taking great care of the customers meant the whole world. And that's just a powerful statement as to how important the service part is to the uh, industrial space. That's you know? exactly yeah. it. That's a good that's one. A, that's a good story. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey, this has been a great conversation about services and upselling. Hopefully, you kind of got some good tips here. We have one more little bit we'll talk about in a moment about Blue Star and how we fit into the services. Oh, picture. yes. There you go. Uh, but before we do that, I want to, as always, thank our Tech Connect sponsors of our program and the podcast, of which Epson, of course, is one. That's why we got Andy here today. Thank you so much for supporting the show. As always, uh, if you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating review on Apple. Leave us a review on Spotify. Uh, like the uh, the YouTube podcast, uh, you know, subscribe, smash that subscribe button for smash. our channel. Uh, and, and and please, you know, reach out to us too. If you've got ideas for the show, there's always a link in the show notes where you can drop in an idea for us. We'll send you a Tech Connect podcast t-shirt just for submitting one. And of course, always, if you want to reach out to us to tell us what you think of the show, give us some feedback, give us some ideas, or just see what we're up to, you can find us on Twitter at Tech Connect Pod. You can also email us techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, hey, let's wrap up as always first with the value to the bar. Mm -hmm. This is where we, you know, talk, kind of wrap up our conversation a little mm -hmm. bit, give a little bit of a takeaway, and this time we're going to talk a little bit about Blue Star. You okay, know, Andy, hope you don't mind. We're going to chat a little bit about our services here. So let's let's talk about Blue Star services. Okay, we offer some services out there as well to help our VARs yes. become a trusted partner again, build their solution portfolio. Yes. Dean, tell us about some of those services. Well, first thing they should do is go back and listen to to episode fifty one. Oh, you yeah, got had, the number pulled out. Nice. When we had uh, Alex Bowles on, yeah, uh, and he yep. talked a, a little bit about our our value added services. I mean, they're numerous, and, and God love him, that team has a really hard time saying no yep. to anything. They do. So uh, the services can be vast, but some of them are very traditional in the sense of helping out with configuration, right? It, maybe it's a input output configuration. We've done it a lot, especially on printer lines and things of that nature. Or maybe we have the unit, but it needs a different I/O in it. Uh, we can we can do that. We can help configure mobile computing units, whatever it is, uh, we can help with those types right. of things. Software loads, we do an awful lot of software loads. Uh, kitting the types of things, you know, bundling things together, unboxing them, and then kitting them together into a holistic solution that is then shipped out to the customer. Uh, those are big things as well. But it doesn't just stop with the actual, you know, computer components, if right. you will, going through our config center. We can also help with things such as installation and as other services. Now, mm -hmm. this is not in competition to the resellers. Believe you me, right. we are right. not out there selling these products. 
these are an enhancement or an augmentation to the reseller. So the use case would be you're a reseller, you win that big deal that you've been waiting for for a long time, uh, whereas, you know, you have now you, but suddenly now you have to do an installation across the nation, right? <laughs> or whatever. Right, and right. your service techs only do the 50 miles around your, <laughs> your facility. Call Blue Star. Yep. We can help you. We can, we've got national networks of installation partners from anything from digital signage to mobile computers to printers. It doesn't matter what it is. We can help tap you, tap you into that so it amplifies your ability. Now you can service that maybe that nationwide customer that you're like, oh, man, we're just too small of a dog to go after those guys. Go after them because yeah, we, you know yeah. you can we can help you do that with with those types of things. Need help site surveying that right? Oh, we're landing the deal, but as a part of the the deal, we have to do all these site surveys. How am I going to sell my send my employees across the nation? Right. Don't worry about it. We got it. You know, we can tap you into that as well. So these are uh, there's a variety of professional services that we can bring to the table as well uh, to help you out. Finally. You know, I know a lot of our customers are in the payments world. Key injection, we're one of the only KIFs uh, here in the nation that can help. We have that ability to do either on-site or remote uh, key injections for anything that's doing payment processing. So uh, we can help folks out there as well. So lots of services, right? right. As we we always say, Novar is an island. Novar is an island. That's you, right. You have a partner. You can start with us, and we'll connect you to vendors like Epson and whatever their office solutions are. Well, so that's software a really partners. Point. Everybody, like we've got, you know, we, we'll, we'll help you make those connections. Yeah, and if you need more help navigating, we have Epson, uh, you know, folks on staff. Right. We've got our own BDMs. They can tap you into the Epson ecosystem in this uh, regard. Help help you navigate the warranty programs and the services programs. Exactly. How can you line those up to to better equip yourself so that you go in and make these when when you make these pitches? It, it's a nice uh, neat package. So yes, we have those right. resources as well. And here's out. the thing, also, we won't take any of the credit. We won't. So you get to go still seem like you're the brilliant partner that just knows <laughs> we, how to get everything done. We make you look good. And we're happy to just operate behind the scenes and, and help you out with that. And we won't say like, hey, you need to tell them Blue Star did this. No, no, no. You yeah. can tell them you did it. Yep. And, you know, we'll, and we'll, we'll be over your shoulder helping out. We Absolutely. We've negotiated the prices so you can still make money on these things exactly. and not be wildly out of the ballpark and, and, and servicing your customers. Yeah, it's a win-win. There you go. All right. Well, hey, let's wrap up, as always, with our favorite segment, What's Tech Connecting With You? This is where we get to talk about uh, one or two technologies, innovations, yes. science, news yes. stories, business, stuff that's happening that's, that's got our eye, caught our attention. Uh, Andy, I'll let you start here. What's Tech Connecting With You right now? So. This will be a, a, an interesting slant here, which is I'm going to say RFID. Okay? And uh, you say, well, no, Andy, come on. Uh, this is the new stuff, right? RFID has been around for a long time, right? And uh, what's interesting, the reason why it's catching my attention is, of course, in a, in a prior company, I was uh, deeply involved with monochrome printers and RFID and all this kind of stuff. But there's an interesting life cycle of new innovation, which is something comes out. And there's a lot of buzz about what it could do, but it's maybe ahead of where the technology is really at. And then it, then it goes through like a low phase where people go, yeah, I think that was a, a dud or it sort of drips along, but actually it matures in the background. The, the problems get solved, things happen, cost points get ripped, and suddenly it has its new emergence, right? As uh, uh, actually now it is coming coming out, right? And And I think that it's interesting. It's been a long journey, but I see that RFID I think is, is now coming out really for the mainstream. And I think it's going to be the uh, 
new old thing, if you will. <laughs> the new old thing. That's exactly right. We always like to joke about, is it RFID year yet? You know? Yeah. yeah but yeah, I think yeah. we've, we've come to establish in some of our conversations more recently, like, look, it's not about RFID just taking over everything. It's about understanding how RFID fits into yes. the overall ADC yes. picture. Yes. So. And it's a part of an overall solution, exactly. right? And it's right. usually hand in hand with ADC, yep. traditional yep. ADC. But that's a good one, Andy. Yes. Like the, <laughs> the new old, uh, if you will. So what's interesting, you know, to add to that real quick is that I think that, uh, you know, again, it was like the barcode was going to get rid of human readable or the, the RFD is going to get rid of barcode or is that going to get rid of color? The thing is, I think it's going to be with labeling, it's going to be an all of the above strategy. They're still going to need yeah. human readable. They'll still need a barcode. It'll still need, it's just like, we just need more of more. And it's going to be not a replacement for, but just an ad addition to you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's All it. part of one big solution. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right. What's technique with you? All right. So, you know, I like audio, right? Yeah. You know, whatever. You've been an audiophile. Yeah. 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 Here's the headline. MIT engineers have developed a paper thin loudspeaker that can turn any surface into an active audio source. So if you look at the picture on this bad boy, it is it is paper thin, right? right? right. Uh, now it's made out of plastics, and, and the way that they do it, you know, is pretty high tech. There's there's vacuuming involved, of course. We're talking MIT, right? Well, so yeah, yeah, of course, these, yeah, high tech, yeah. composite materials and and the the use of vacuum so that they're creating whatever uh, a type of a thing. But this thing's pretty cool. It is literally paper thin. Uh, these and it, it creates the the process creates these little domes that are on this piece of paper. If you can imagine a piece of paper that has all these little domes on it uh, that are very very shallow. Uh, it, it, through this thing, and they run obviously electrical current through it. Uh, not a lot though of current needed. It can it turns it into a into an audio source. So, nice. uh, but what's cool about it is you can kind of put it anywhere, right? You can right, kind of right. turn walls or turn whatever into an audio source. So it might be that gone are the days of speakers, right? These old antiquated speaker yeah. things. You've just got this paper thin material that you can now I can see use cases in museums or, you know, right, things right, of that right. nature where they really try to disguise where the right. audio source is coming from and stuff like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if you're sitting at home and you're not going to see your 5.1 speaker system anymore. Right, right. It's just going to be on your wall. And it'll produce the sound. I now, can't wait to see like a DJ show up. Like there at a you club, go. Yes. Like, Where's your gear? And just <laughs> throws a piece of paper onto the table. Like <laughs> that's it. And turns on their iPad. Yeah, you know, yeah, their yeah, iPod, yeah. You know? Now I am curious to hear the fidelity because when they, when when you watch the video on it, it's okay. Right, but but right. look, everybody now loves the bass end, right? You got to have the you got to have right. the subwoofer. It, it takes a certain amount. You got to move air right, to make right, that happen. Right. So what I if don't you, know. Like, maybe if you feel like a whole room or something, just right? panel all the yeah. walls. Yeah. And yeah. Everything. And yeah. then if you could step on it, I guess, I guess you can step on this stuff. I don't know. You know, if you just made the whole room like an acoustic thing, that would be kind of cool. So anyway, I am intrigued by what MIT is bringing to the table yeah. in a paper thin yeah. loudspeaker. For yeah. some reason, it makes me think of like, you know, the uh, like the James Horner scores from the movies, the yes. kind of, you know, I don't know why. I just, I feel like that resonates. <laughs> Through some paper would just, but that would be kind of cool at your right. home, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could yeah, yeah, do yeah. that. So, and my wife's, wife, my wife is not a fan to go there. of the speakers. Yes, no. She hates. She doesn't want me to wives get a bunch don't of speakers. Like the speakers. Yeah. So, like, I'm always trying to figure out. Like, we've got, I've got like one like Sonos 
speaker that I'm using is kind of my, you know, yeah. amplified speaker for the TV. And it sounds great. Yeah. But it's one of those things I'm like, I know this could sound better. So much better. And but it's one of those things like I can't I can't go out and buy the whole speaker system because she's gonna be like, This does not look good in our house. Oh, then this maybe is, you got hope. How can you watch maybe. Star Wars without uh, phenomenal sound system? I, I just crank it up. Okay. You know? Yeah. Or sometimes I just put the AirPods That's in. It's so funny that my you AirPods there. sound better than that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Most women don't for whatever reason. I get it. It's unsightly, <laughs> but I'm a product of the eighties and nineties. Right, like right. I love the stacks, the speakers. You're like that, Marty McFly. Oh, Andy's with me here. You know, I like seeing the tweeters and the woofers and stuff like that. I want to see the cone moving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, You want to like feel the (laughs) force of the music in your face. So I don't know that this paper thin loudspeaker is going to, that's why I'm still questioning it. Don't be so, don't be so hesitant to think so. Because remember you say, oh, I've got my giant subwoofer and you go, well, that's a, it's 12 inch or it's 16 inch. That's only the, you know, like so big, but I could have an, I could have a four foot by four foot panel potentially that could have, you know, unimaginable power. Right? Really so, good, good point. point. That's why I'm intrigued. I don't know. I don't even know what this thing costs. They didn't talk about cost, of course. Not. Yeah, yeah, it's MIT for crying out yeah. loud. You know, if you are asking about cost, you can't afford it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll wait until it comes. MIT doesn't think about cost either. It's like whatever. We got the funding. You know, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so what's tech connecting with you? All right, on the same music path. Uh, we need to have a, a little, uh, a little, um, you know, moment of silence maybe for the iPod. I don't know if you heard. Apple was officially what? going to stop production on the iPod. Get out of town! Uh, they, yeah, they, they've stopped the thing production. that revolutionized they, yeah, the world. They, all they were still making at this point was the iPod Touch, but they've officially sunsetted the line. Basically, while supplies last, you can still potentially buy them. Like I'm almost tempted to buy one just right? just for put the, it on the shelf. Here's the funny thing: though. I've never owned an iPod. Like when they first came out mm. in early 2000s, like I was working a retail job, you know, I, I didn't either. have the kind of money to no. afford it. Like I remember at one point buying a MP3 player, like right? a little like Sanso MP3 player, yeah. this tiny little thing. Yeah. That, like I could fit like a couple hundred songs on. That was good. And enough it lasted for me. a few months. Yeah, that was that was fine enough for me. I never ended up actually getting an iPod. And then obviously the the whole point of the, why they're going away is because once smartphones became ubiquitous and yeah. and they all have their own pre-installed music apps on them. And can store plenty of music. There's just there just wasn't a need really no. anymore. Yeah. In I fact, the iPod isn't. Touch, and honestly, mostly for the last few years, had been kind of mostly marketed and positioned as like something for kids, mm. like you know, to give a kid that you don't want to give a smartphone to yet, but you mm-hmm. can give them that so they can have their music, you know, and have a gadget that's you know similar to a smartphone, but not actually give them a smartphone yet. So, how old are we? I mean, now I've now I can say I've lived through you know yeah. a a whole technology yep. trend, you know, exactly. something that didn't exist. You know, and then there was all of a sudden this this player, and then it's sunsetted. Within I mean, I was walking years. around with a discman for for quite some time. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, that's. I mean, I'm sure I had a walkman before when that. When did the too, first one come out again? Two thousand one. Two thousand one. And they've gone through variations like the mini. Actually, I didn't own a mini, but I bought one for my wife once, like for working out. And yeah, that it was just a little dial. Yeah, it was a really tiny yeah. little thing. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, I remember that. Uh, the shuffle. The Nano, and then now they've had the Touch. I think they may have had some other options, too. Gosh, the Touch has been around for, like, got to be five years or so. I'd say so. Like, Like 2019 was the last version of the Touch that they offered. Okay. Um, And it was still, I mean, 200 bucks. You know, it's still kind of pricey. Yeah, like I said. Man, that's not cheap. You could, but but if you think about also, like, all the different uh, devices that came and went. Remember the Zune? Oh, yeah. Microsoft Zune, that kind of came and went. That was supposed to be the big competitor. Didn't really happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so RIP to the to All the right. iPod. Moment of silence. Wow. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy Shirts, thank you so much for joining Thanks, us today. Andy. We appreciate it. Uh, and as always, hey, I want to tell everybody thanks so much for watching. And until next time, um, 
you know, if you've got an iPod, maybe get it out. Have a listen to some probably some tracks from like ten yeah. years ago you yeah. haven't listened to. Yeah. Have a fond moment with listen it. Listen to Spin Requiem that, in I guess, D minor. I guess the the old ones have the spinning wheel attached. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, so and you know and maybe think about upgrading to your paper <laughs> microphone or, micro, or speakers. Speakers. Yes. Yes. And until next time, as always, please, folks, stay connected. The TechNet Podcast is sponsored by Epson. You know, I think after this pod, everyone should be convinced about the value of selling services. Yes. But let's talk some Epson hardware, too. Well, they got hardware, you they mean? They do. They got a lot of good uh, stuff. Specifically, the ColorWorks family printers, which yes. Andy called out a couple times during the episode. Yes. Which print color labels with dynamic content on demand. Yep. Look, color is a vital part of visual marketing, branding, conveying important safety and compliance information. But using third-party printer companies or pre-printed labels can lead to waste, additional costs, and other hassles. So tell your customers they're better off printing it themselves. Absolutely. Uh, ColorWorks printers are engineered for reliable color printing without head replacements or other workflow interruptions. They have wide connectivity options integrating with major middleware, Mac, Linux, Windows, SAP, and CPL2. Let's talk some case studies here, Dean. Yes. Grocery. Yes. Prepackaged foods. Deli bakery. All over the place. You can get that nice branding on it. You can have like your own, like, you know, 100%. clean, yes. green branding for, yes. for food if you wanted. Yes. Uh, Got re- to be in color. Exactly. Retail, dynamic product labels, mm-hmm. yep. uh, product ID tags, box yes. labeling, yes. manufacturing for yep. those chemical drum labeling. Yes. That's very important. You got to have all that compliance info. Oh, and coloring's big oh, there. And by the way, ColorWorks printers are certified for high level durability, which you need. When labeling any kind of stuff like that, even better, got to make sure it holds up to any kind of environmental standards. Yes, sir. Uh, hospitals, yes, or medical carts, big one. Uh, so many more uses mm-hmm. for the ColorWorks mm-hmm. printer. Uh, to learn more about ColorWorks printers and select from various sizes, print speeds, and options, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star Epson representative. Oh, and by the way, to learn more about the benefits of color label printing, check out our first podcast with Andy Lat from last year, episode Ooh. number sixty-eight. We dive all into the world of color labeling. And Colors color everywhere. Yes. If you, all resellers should be selling color at this point. Exactly. So yes. Epson ColorWorks printers, we're happy to sell them to you.